We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 65 today, and I love that it says this revelation is a prayer. And it just made me look at it a whole different way. What a beautiful prayer. And so if we start at verse 1, and it talks about as a voice crying, um, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. It reminded me of John the Baptist. And it was cool to think we are as John the Baptist. We are the forerunners leading people to Christ. And I love the thought that John the Baptist, his entire life, knew that was his role. He gathered people to be prepared for when the Savior come, came, that he would have followers. And his, I love that scripture that says, I must decrease and he must increase. This was a man who absolutely knew his role was to, I am not worthy to unloose the, I'm saying this so wrong, the laces of his shoes. I'm saying this in my terms and I'm so sorry I just slaughtered that. But I love that thought that we should look at it exactly the same way, that that should be our prayer. I am here to prepare the way for the Savior to come and to gather people who are ready to follow him when he comes because I have led them to him, not to myself, to him. And that is just touching to me. I love in verse 2, it says, The keys of the kingdom of God are committed unto man on the earth, and from thenceforth the gospel shall roll forth, and this is the prophecy of Daniel, as the stone without hands and fill the earth. And that just always thrills me to know that it will continue to increase. It's not going to slow down. And when you think of a stone rolling, it doesn't slow down. It picks up momentum and goes faster and faster. And if you look at the um, acceleration of the earth, of the church's growth, that is really, it's exponential. It's not a line. It's truly this incredible rate that just goes exponentially. And that's temples too, dotting the land. And so I love this, that truly everyone is going to get to hear because only God will bring peace. Only a knowledge of covenants and truths will bring a covenant people, a people who are united and following him in true peace and happiness. And we want to gather all. We want all like he wants all. Everyone who wants to be there is welcome. And so I love that. Okay, in verse 3 it says, A voice, another like the voice, crying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the supper of the Lamb. Make ready for the bridegroom. And the bridegroom, again, it's that parable of the ten virgins. And where do we want to be? Do we want to fall among the wise or do we want to fall among those who are kind of half-hearted and one foot in, one foot out, and all of a sudden are like, wait, you came? No one told me. It's like, seriously, have you been listening for the last 200 years? I think it's obvious. Where we fall on that, I don't know, but we're closer than we were 200 years ago when they thought it would be the very next day. And so we want to be ready. We want to be part of that team. We want to be one of the wise. But if you look at, as it talks about the supper of the Lamb, and I that makes me think of the sacrament where it tells us all of those great leaders and it names them will be there at the sacrament, the first sacrament that he gives. We will, it says, and the righteous, the covenant children, we will be there among them, Joseph Smith and Alma and Nephi. And man, I look forward to that. 
But there are some cross-reference scriptures there. And one of those is Luke 17, 21. And it says the very last sentence, the kingdom of God is within you. And I love that because really people should be able to tell what we believe. It should be in us. It should be impossible to hide. And so I love that. DNC 93, which is another one, says this. Verily I say to you, the keys of this kingdom shall never be taken from you while thou art in the world, neither in the world to come. And that's to Joseph Smith. And that I love because it just tells us this work we've been promised will never end. It will fill the earth until he comes and and righteousness will win. And so those scriptures just really validate that. And I think it's so important to remember he will win. What team do we want to be part of and how active do we want to be? as a player. I love that. I do not want to sit on the sidelines. I want to be a player. Four, pray unto the Lord. Call upon his holy name. Make known his wonderful works among the people. And that again is Elder Uchtdorf. Just have it scream from you. And if necessary, use words. People should be able to tell who we follow. How incredible is it to listen to Caleb or to listen to these people who have these incredible talents, who sing praises to God. It's obvious who they follow. How incredible is it to see these people who have created the chosen? How amazing that they've put it out there. And as he calls it, the Lord's math with nothing coming in and doing it just for the good of the Lord. And yet all of the Christians around the the world are supporting this and funds are pouring in and he's like it's amazing but we all so crave to follow the lord and to i'm so grateful for people who use their talents to bless and spread the word of the lord and it screams from them what is important i my very favorite scripture is we preach of christ we prophesy of christ we testify of christ that our children may know to whom we may look for a remission of our sins. Let it be everything we do that our kids have no misunderstanding who we follow. That is the peace of the kingdom as we talked about. So I love that. Make known his works. Make that such a habit to testify with everything you do as you talk to people that you just can't help but testify of Christ. I would always say to my students in seminary, I love that. And I love when people say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, I was riding on a plane from Arizona back to um, Washington when we lived in Washington. We had been watching our grandkids and a woman was in line by me and scooting along. She was beautiful and older than me, scooting along her suitcases. And so finally I said, can I hold one of those? Can I help you? And it was just me. And she let me. And for the next hour and a half, as we waited for the plane, she and I talked. And within a few minutes, she said, can I tell you my story? Can I tell you a cool thing that happened in our family? And she proceeded to tell me about a son of hers who lived in Washington. She was going back home, um, who lived in Washington with his wife, who worked construction. And this huge, huge um, boulder, I guess that's what you'd call it, this huge rock that they were moving into place um, was dropped. He signaled them to drop it and he signaled in, I guess he signaled mistakenly, but they dropped it and it pinned his hand crushed his hand and so the crane operator immediately when they figured out and signaled lifted it up and his arm was smashed they knew it was bad 
was bleeding, spurting blood, and she said they rushed him to the hospital, and she started to name the miracles that happened. And One of the first miracles was, she said, they tried to call me, and I'm so grateful they didn't reach me. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, because I would have fallen apart. And she said they were able to get his wife, and so his wife was able to come, and as they were in the ambulance, as he was in the ambulance with these ambulance workers, he started to pray, and she said, that's the second miracle. My son had gone away from God, had gone away from the things that we had taught him, and she said, praise the Lord, hallelujah, he had prayed to God, and I'm so grateful that he did that that he was alone and had the opportunity to pray to the Lord. And then she went on to talk about going to the hospital and them x-raying and all that he went through. And miraculously, his hand was spared and came back. And um, they were able, I don't think bones were crushed. There was no surgery. They, they assumed there would be surgery needed, but he has use of his hand. And anyway, as she went through all these miracles, that was the last one. And she was just bawling. And she just said, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Can you believe God is so good? And man, I will tell you, I loved her. At the end of our hour and a half, I just loved her. She got my number. I got hers. I had not said a word. She spoke except to say, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you're right. He's so good. I had not borne testimony to her of anything in my life. She had shared the entire time and we got on the plane. We didn't sit by each other, but I sat there and thought, thank you, Heavenly Father, for this woman who just strengthened my testimony. Thank you so much that she would share this incredible experience. And I, as I told my seminary kids, I said, why aren't we those that go out and say, praise God, amen, hallelujah, he is so amazing. Everything in us should scream what we believe and that we think that in our lives. And we should testify of how we've seen his hand in our everyday life. I love that her very first miracle was that they couldn't reach her because she knew she'd fall apart. Is that the most beautiful thing? I loved it so much. So I love this, that we need to pray and make known his works. Okay, it talks about being man, he shall come down. In heaven, clothed in the brightness of his glory to meet the kingdom of God, which is set on the earth. Not to meet us, but to meet the kingdom of God, which we have set up. It will be ready for him because of our righteousness and the things we have done. We have work to do. Hallelujah that we have a prophet that is getting us there. But I so want to be part of that. Verse 6, wherefore... May the kingdom of God go forth, that the kingdom of heaven may come, that thou, O God, mayest be glorified in heaven and so on earth, that thy enemies may be subdued. For thine is the honor, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. I love this prayer. It just touches my heart and makes me think, amen. I want to be part of that. I want to be the kingdom of God prepared for him to come. And I so hope that's in my life. But if not, I will glory that I get to come and dwell with those when it's their life and that we get to be here. But it is closer now than it was at their time. Um, I love in the handbook, Joseph Smith said this, whenever there has been a righteous man on earth unto whom God revealed his word and gave power and authority to administer in his name, 
where there is a priest of God to administer in the ordinances of the gospel and officiate in the priesthood of God, there is the kingdom of God. Where the oracles of God are not, the kingdom of God is not. And I love that. And then he says, where the kingdom of God is not, there is nothing. I just love that. And then there's another quote in here that says, trying to get men to live according to the principles of true government before the kingdom of heaven shall come and be established on the earth with a king at the head. When he comes, he shall rule and reign. It will be his right. So that is what we are doing, teaching correct principles and preparing the earth to be ready for him to come and reign in this kingdom we have set up. What a privilege and honor to be part of that. And so pray that we do to him that we do what he needs us to do to be a part of his team. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.